The spirit of performance is what defines Acura. And now, it's electric. Introducing the ZDX, Acura's most powerful SUV yet. Crafted using the same formula that brought them electrified supercars and multiple IMSA championships, the ZDX has track-tested performance that packs an energy all its own. Unlock the energy and order yours at Acura.com. Hey everyone, welcome to the quick hitter version of Catch and Shoot 2.0. Coming up on this rendition, CP3 is bound for the Valley of the Sun. How does he fit in with that Suns team and how good of a running mate is Devin Booker? From the NBA draft to a little bit more of kind of NBA offseason fodder, the moratorium period was lifted on Monday. Free agency will start on Friday. And guys, this is, I think, the part of the conversation where everybody really gets excited about teams are going to try and make themselves better. We've already seen some trades, maybe not consummated, but they're agreed upon in principle, one of which CP3 is on his way to Phoenix. What does that do for the Suns? We'll start with you, Dan. Sure. Yeah, I mean, I love this deal for Phoenix. Um when I saw that, you know, he had been rumored to be, to be headed there, I didn't, I didn't love it just because I think, I think a team acquiring Chris Paul has title aspirations in the next two years, and I didn't think Phoenix was quite there. But they really didn't give up anything essential to their, like, current infrastructure there. So, I mean, like, Oubre is a good player, but he was kind of redundant with what Booker already does and how many wings they had on the roster. They didn't give up the 10th pick, which for me was the big thing. I assumed that would be in the deal when I saw that Oubre was going to Phoenix. And there are so many wings, like just to go back real quickly to the draft, Devin Vassell out of Florida State, Aaron Neesmith out of Wake Forest, uh, Isaac Okora out of Auburn. There are so many wings that are right, like perfect values right there that they could just take to fill Oubre's minutes potentially right away and not saying they can be as good. But um, So I love that deal for Phoenix. And I mean, I, I think they're right there, honestly. They're not, I don't think they're a finals contender or anything, but um, I mean, I think Booker is, is right there as, you know, like he's certainly an all-star. He's could be like an all NBA third team guy this year. Um, and yeah, I mean, I just think that the things you got rid of too with, um, with Ubre and with Rubio, I mean, Chris Paul can do all of them. He's just an upgrade. He's a better shot creator than, than Ubre. He's a better distributor than, than Ricky Rubio. And so, um, and yeah, I mean, they gave up the pick in 22, but it was protected one to 12. So it's not going to be a disastrous asset they're going to be giving up and so um yeah no I mean I love it for um I love it for Phoenix I don't know what do you guys think the, the well, question I have Otto and and maybe you can bounce this off better is is Chris Paul still a championship level point guard you know I, I mean mm-hmm. if he wasn't able to get it done in Los Angeles couldn't get it done in Houston now you, you carried an Oklahoma City team that I think a lot of people thought overachieved last year right a that was a team that wasn't expected to make the playoffs. You put him with Devin Booker and you got Booker, who's a great scorer there. And now you got someone who can actually get him the basketball and opportunity. I just, I don't know if that trade really moves the needle that much for Phoenix. Well, I mean, look, I don't think that, like we were going to say, I don't think it's going to get them to the NBA finals, but I think it definitely puts them back in the playoff conversation. I think, I think you're going to have Lob City 2.0 with DeAndre Ayton, uh, which is, which is going to, you know, I mean, it'll make for some exciting hoop down there. And, I know and that's a good to, point. They, How much does this help him? Oh, I think, I think it helps Chris Paul. I think it helps, 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 helps Ayton. Yeah. Oh, 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 I mean, with, without, without a doubt. I mean, you know, the guy, guy can, you know, CP3 is showing he can deliver the ball, uh, you know, well, so, so that now should be exciting. I, I mean, look, Phoenix, as we know, I mean, they, they, they didn't lose a game in the bubble. The last game they lost was all the way back in March, obviously, because of, of the, you know, because of the shutdown. But, um, but I, I, I like this, I like this move a lot. And, um, you know, one of the things that, that's been said about Phoenix over the years is that they're, 
um, their medical staff is 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 top notch. I heard I remember hearing Steve Nash talk about that years ago when I was when I was at the at the magazine. He's been magazine working there. Um, and so, you know, an, an aging guy like, like Chris Paul um, will probably be utilizing those services to a greater degree than, 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 uh, than those other guys. Yeah, if I could speak on Aiden real fast, too. Um, I mean, Aiden, to me, has become one of the, like, weirdly most overlooked guys in the league. I feel like six months after he picked number one overall, no one was talking about him because he's not Luka, and the Suns obviously should have taken Luka. But, like, Aiden is really good, and especially defensively. He got a lot better last year. I mean, there was this great piece ESPN did with Schmitz where he was breaking down a lot of his defensive stuff. Um, Aiden is really good. And so, I mean, like, the question of is Chris Paul like a championship-level point guard, I'm not really sure that's the right question to be asking because he's not the best player on that team anymore. And so, I mean, like, I think I basically spent the first four years of Devin Booker's career every year saying I think he's overrated. I had to finally stop with that last year after what he did in the bubble. I was, I had gladly put that take to bed. I was wrong all four years. Um, Booker's terrific. And so, I mean, like, you know, this is more of a, um, this is more of Chris Paul in Houston rather than Chris Paul in, in Los Angeles. Um, he's, you know, he's not going to be the, the primary scorer. And I think he can, as Rubio did too, you saw how much Aiton's game like blossomed with Rubio getting him the ball in good spots. Um, I think Chris Paul can, can do that every bit as well, probably better than Rubio could. So, um, yeah, and I just think that team also, I mean, just there's just shooting and length everywhere. So, I mean, like, Chris Pauls can find it. They can play in transition. They can get out and run. Um, yeah, I just – I think that's a really fun team. Um, and, again, in the West, I mean, I don't know if they're, like, a top three seed, but they're certainly a playoff team, I think. So, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, I can't wait to watch it. I'm sure Devin Booker was sitting there when he saw the news coming down and when he was talking to the front office saying, okay, okay, I got a guy now. I, I got a guy. I, I have a running make. I have someone who can get me the basketball. From one point guard to the next, you know uh, – the Lakers, obviously, going to be the defending NBA champions. LeBron entering, what, what is it going to be, his eight, 18th season in the league, not getting any younger. He doesn't need to be bringing the basketball up as much as he does. They go out, they acquire Dennis Schroeder. Does this make the Lakers a better team? And what does Schroeder do for the Lakers? Yeah, I mean, I think for what they gave up, I, I think it's a great deal. I mean, um, Danny Green is not as bad as, as Twitter would lead you to believe he is, but he you know, I mean, the bubble, the whole bubble experience wasn't great for him. And he was, I think, a little overpaid because, I mean, he was signed right after the Kawhi domino fell and the Lakers kind of just grabbed the scraps. Um, I mean, I thought Schroeder should have been the sixth man of the year last year. And so to get him for the 28th pick and a slightly overpaid 30-something-year-old Danny Green, I think is terrific. Um, yeah, and I mean, like, Schroeder is a pretty good defender. I think that's sort of lost on some people and he can shoot which like he couldn't when he came into the league he was a 40 percent three-point shooter last year so um yeah I think it's a terrific move for them and I mean like one thing they really like sorely lacked especially in the playoffs was shot creation um just guys who can take the pressure off when you know LeBron or AD was off the floor the offense was just really still very stagnant and not a lot of penetration and guys like you know Caruso and I don't know if KCP will be back but KCP like they're good players they can hit open shots but they're very limited offensively and Schroeder is not Schroeder can get his own shot he averaged 18 a game last year on a really good split so um yeah I, mean, I, I think it's a terrific deal for them and I mean the 28th pick it would be nice to have a little bit of like young young life injected there but that's obviously not the priority also I mean just a quick sidebar I read a stat somewhere that I think it's only been once in LeBron's career he played with a first round pick as a rookie I don't know if that's exactly right but it's those guys are just they're gone man mm. <laughs> so, yeah I don't know I don't think uh, LeBron's priority is development so um yeah no. it's good. <laughs> definitely not well, uh, so uh, as as Aaron mentioned, the Lakers obviously the defending champs. You know, what other moves do you think that they you know need to make? Because this is this will be a, a challenge unlike any other. Because not only yes, you obviously want to defend, but you're doing so on such a condensed timetable 
that yeah. you're trying to limit minutes. Um, but you also, you know, the West is really, really good. So you're still trying to get there and get it, you know, which you, know, you expect to get there. But you also want to make sure you have home court. So what, what, what moves, other moves do you think Lakers might make? Absolutely. I mean, like the Lakers, they have the, um, I think they have the $5 million mid-level, um, if I'm not mistaken. I mean, um, and so they're going to be looking for, you know, like the, the vets who are taking the discount to get the ring. I mean, the name I've heard, like the dream for them is Serge Ibaka he could certainly get more than $5 million somewhere, but um, that he would be great for them if they could get it. I mean, a, he's not a great rim protector at this stage of his career, but he can still kind of do it. And he can really shoot. And he's just a great playoff guy. He always seems to come through in, in, in playoff games. So um, I think Ibaka would be great. Otherwise, I mean, like just a couple more wings to fill out the rotation because it's looking like, well, they're certainly going to lose Danny Green if this trade co- goes through. And then um, I've heard rumors that um, KCP is not, staying either at least I mean he he declined his player option um and so he's going to be testing out the market I heard Atlanta is going to go after him um and so yeah I mean replacing those uh those wing defenders is is definitely going to be key for them um specifically I mean like guys that they could do that with um I don't I mean if there's any that come off the top of your head I mean like ones that I can think of like the first one that comes to mind is Josh Jackson, which maybe shouldn't be the one, but um, he's the first guy that came into my mind. Um, I was, I'm a, I'm a retired Josh Jackson uh, apologist. So that's uh, just my you're, you're, you're just hitting all my pain points here, Daniel. You're talking Sorry, about yeah, Serge yeah. Ibaka. And, and, and I just remember from sitting w- within like the communications department on draft night when the Magic traded for Serge Ibaka. Not only do you acquire a Serge Ibaka on a one-year deal, but you give up Victor Oladipo's eventual all-star <laughs> return and, you know, for Evan Fournier. And if you ask any Magic fan to this day, you really traded away Victor Oladipo in order to sign Evan Fournier to an $80 million deal. Well, and then you talk about... <laughs> What'd you say? The bonus was in that deal, too. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You lose Demonis Savonis, and it's just like a double whammy there. And then you talk about Josh Jackson, who is maybe one of the better one-and-done players that Bill Self has had at Kansas, and he's just struggled to get any kind of footing in the league, you know, from his days with the Suns and then to that stint in Memphis. Um, yeah. uh, but, but, but the interesting thing is, you know, with the Lakers and losing Danny Green, that's a team that didn't have a lot of shooting to begin with. You know, Schroeder's an okay shooter. I wouldn't say that he's an exceptional shooter by any means. And so now I think if you're in LeBron and you're looking around, you mentioned they have the $5 million mid-level exception. I just don't know if that's even going to be enough to go out there and get you a shooter. And if you do bring in Ibaka, Ibaka can shoot the three, but you know, Ibaka is an aging star. And I just don't know how much that helps that team. Now, that team is confined on so many different levels based on, you know, what their cap number is and what they have to fill out. So it's, it's a tough spot to be in, but you know, the original question was, does Schroeder make them better? I think he does. Yeah. He makes them a lot better, especially if Rondo's leaving, then they need that, that point guard production. So I I think it's a good, a good trade for them. Yeah. What what are your guys' thoughts on Milwaukee? Otto, did you have it? Like, you know, that's a team that for the last two years has kind of dominated the Eastern Conference. And we've sat here every year and we said, they're so good. They're just going to run through the playoffs. And then you look at what happened this year against the Heat. That Heat team was obviously, you know, kind of just on a roll. But their cap number really confines them and they're going to have to offer Giannis that Supermax. But they're kind of in a position where they have to show him that they're acting in good faith, don't they? Yeah, they no, they absolutely have to show him that that they're showing him the love. I mean, there's, there's the, the Miami ch- chatter was going on during during the playoffs, and it's you know still going on, and that that'd be a, a major concern if you're, if you're in Milwaukee. I mean, you know, you don't you don't get stars in Milwaukee coming through like that every day. I mean, nobody does for that matter. So you really gotta you gotta move heaven and earth to to make something happen there, Dan. 
No, I mean, I, I totally agree. Um, in terms of like specifically what they do, I mean, I was hearing a lot of Chris Paul rumors um, for them, which obviously isn't going to happen now. Um, I don't know. I mean, like, this is, this is hindsight. Getting rid of Brogdon for me was always really tough. Um, yeah, I think that was a, a terrible mistake. I'm a huge Brogdon guy. I thought um, a healthy Pacers team last year was looking like an Eastern Conference Finals like contender, but it's beside the point. Um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, they, they're certainly, I don't think, you know, just like flanking what they currently have with some, you know, like nice signings here and there. I mean, like I've heard Joe Harris mentioned mention for them. So I mean, like that would be a big, that would be a big signing. That would, that would definitely make some things happen. But um, I don't know. I mean, like the thing that's weird is you're, you know, you're moving heaven and earth to try and keep Giannis. But one of the main reasons last year that they came up so short was that Giannis's playmaking just wasn't there. And so like, especially late in games. So it's, it's weird to, to think one of the biggest flaws of the team was the way they were depending on Giannis to do things he couldn't really do. But how do you improve the team while catering to what Giannis wants? Like, I don't know. That's a, um, yeah, that's a tough, um, that's a tough one to solve. I mean, like Dinwiddie is a guy who can probably be had um, maybe for that. You're, 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 you're speaking it into existence. <laughs> and I thought about this, Dan, we were just sitting here. We were just trying to talk about how the Nets could acquire James Harden. Right. Yeah. And you got to get, you got to get rid of Dinwiddie, right? Because yeah. the salaries need to balance out. What would Dinwiddie do for Milwaukee? I mean, you know, it's, um, he's a shot creator. He's, he can shoot. Um, and so, I mean, you know, Milwaukee was weird last year in the sense that they were almost like too deep. They needed to consolidate. Actually, like there was no way Kyle Korver and like Marvin Williams should have been playing legitimate minutes in like a game five of the semifinals. I didn't understand that at all. And so like, they were, they were like, you know, sticking so strictly to Giannis on that minutes restriction. And, um, or, I mean, it wasn't even like a, a certain number that he just wasn't playing off. I don't feel like. So, um, you know, Dinwiddie just gives you another guy who can score, who can, who can space. Um, and so, I mean, he, you know, he's helpful. I mean, does he transform you from what Milwaukee was to like the championship favorite? I don't know, but you know, that's um, something to look out for, I guess. And if you want to check out the full version of Catch and Shoot 2.0, if you want to hear a little bit more about the NBA draft, free agency, and trades that are being consummated this week, check out the full version. It's courtesy of Pure Hoops Media.